Welcome to the second part of the message. God bless you as you listen. Or, I can't stop cooking because it's coming. Right? You're just constantly cooking. Baking, cooking, baking, washing, cooking. Just because um, things have happened. Okay. If you don't know, it will happen for you this year in Jesus' name. And if you know, it will go to another level in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? But every dream must first be received, must then be seen, must then be embraced and confessed before it will manifest. Noah, Joseph. That's why Joseph, when that lady, beautiful lady, I want to say, I don't know who's the finest, who's the finest, who's considered the sexiest lady on earth now? Rihanna, Beyonce, um, uh, Tyler, Sweeps, and all kinds. Okay, I get that. For me, Taylor, okay. For me, the finest is actually in the children's church right now. Just stating, for the record. Now, Joseph had some lady that was an embodiment of all these beautiful ladies in one body. Yes, Potiphar's wife. And as an Egyptian woman, gold wasn't an issue. Arrayed in the best of them. Beautiful, makeup, the nails. Have you seen uh, uh, the movie Cleopatra? Go check it out. I know it's old school, but go check it out. Gold was part of what they used to decorate the wall. So you can imagine what they'll put on themselves, right? Anyhow, she invited Joseph to come for just a quick recess. He's been working hard. He was sweating a lot. He was tired. It was okay to just take a little break. But Joseph had seen and received the promise. He had seen the promise. And what else did he do with it? He received it. He saw it. He embraced it. And he was confessing the promise. So falling into that temporary or succumbing to the, what we call the temporary pleasures of sin. And let no man fool you. Let me tell you right now. There is a little pleasure in sin. Let no man fool you. Okay, because this is where people say, oh, we, if you just believe, just, just, just pray. <laughs> there is a temporary pleasure. The challenge is that when you measure the pleasure of sin to the consequence of sin, it does not compare. So it's not that we don't see the pleasure. It's that we choose rather to see the consequences and therefore flee from sin. Does that make sense? Because when we tell single people, deny yourself, it's not that in this seriously cold weather in Chicago, we don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we don't know the temporary pleasure. There is that. Oh yeah, I know. But we said, see what is possible in God if you hold on to him. Amen? So Joseph... He saw, and there was a flash. This will, have, this will be great. This, oh, my Lord. And then, but he remembered, and he compared the temporary pleasure to the eternal consequence of aborting that dream. Now, can you imagine, look at the exchange, and this is important, please. Look at the exchange. If he had given in to Potiphar's wife, he would have sealed his limit. He would have that's it. Does it make sense? 
he received the promise. He saw the promise. And he did what? He embraced the promise. And then he confessed the promise. Every dream has what we call a price tag. For Dr. Martin Luther King, and I use that example because there's going to be a lot of it for these few days. You know he was killed for his dream. Right? But I'm sure if he was given an option, he would rather have died than to deny his dream. Right? His dream was as simple as just speaking about the possibility that could be in America. My children went to school and learned about the segregation. And we're going, we're driving just on Friday and discussing it. And we're talking about how, how could the colored uh, be separated from the white? And they go, this brown and white, okay? And I said, wow, it doesn't make any sense. And then they began to explain the rationale and as taught by the teachers in school, why that could have happened. And we began to explain, say, oh, they, are, they were mean people. They didn't. And, I, and I told them, I said, mean, I get that. But they also did not understand some things. Another thing, too, that actually was pertinent and I shared with them was the fact that many times, most of us, we run from what we don't know. We run from what makes us uncomfortable. We castigate it. We label it. We push it aside. And it's important that you catch this because for some of you, your dream will stretch you. By the way, all godly dream must stretch you. That's why you need God. If it's a dream that you can do and perform by yourself, you don't need God. Right? Every dream from the scripture that God gave man. Look at Jacob. God gave him a great dream where he slept. But he stretched him. He required God all through his life to execute the dream. Hallelujah. But four main components of this dream was that you must see it or receive it, see it, embrace it, and confess it. The embracing piece is the toughest because that's when, that's what happened to Christ at the Garden of Gethsemane. He had already seen that he was going through the crucifixion to the resurrection. He received it because he came and he spoke. For this purpose came I. Right? If you look at the book, first few chapters of the book of Luke, talked about for this purpose came I. To speak to the poor, to raise the dead, to heal the sick. Right? Look for. To restore the brokenhearted. This is my whole essence. <laughs> and of course, when action started. Just before the action, the devil came up and tempted him. Three things, right? What? What are the three things that he tempted him with? Can you turn this stone to bread? Uh-huh. Can you jump up? And what else? What's the last one? Can you bow down? Okay. One dealt with the physical need, right? It's not that being hungry after fasting is bad. But using your blessing, your own miracle working power for your own personal enjoyment without God's direction or guidance could be detrimental. Amen? The other thing was to jump up 
and led the angels. And, and the devil quoted scripture. You know, he was actually one of the praise and worship leaders. <laughs> he was a member of Harmony in heaven. That's why I keep my eyes on Harmony and pray a lot for them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. But he was. The Bible records, if you read Ezekiel and talk about the devil, he said every part of him made music. If he snapped, music. If he whispered, music. And some of you wonder why there's more music in the world than that's because they got help. It's true. But the Holy Ghost is above him all. Just know that right now, okay? But in all fairness, every time Lucifer was in heaven, every part of him made music. He was designed to be the head of worship and music and praise in heaven. But you know what he did? He wanted to be like God. If you read Ezekiel, I believe it's 37 or 27, he says, I will be like the Almighty. I will, a lot of eyes. So many, many of you, especially many of you who are trusting God for maturity and looking for uh, the next level in terms of marriage. When you hear a man or you hear a woman talk only about I, 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 they're not mature enough. Just let them grow up a little bit. Amen? And the devil kept talking about I, 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 and the Bible records that he was kicked out. As soon as iniquity was, this is what the scripture says, as soon as iniquity was found in him, as soon as he embraced that idea, he was kicked out of heaven. Now, I share that because for many of us, we have great ideas, great dreams. If I had to sit down and talk to all of you, and every time I do, I'm inspired because I see the great things of God. There's some of you, all you're doing is you're just trying to make money. Making money is not a big dream. Let me tell you right now, making money is not a dream. It's an answer for solving problems. But the big thing that you should do is to focus on big dreams, big problems. For some of you that are doctors, look to solve cancer problems. God will give you the code, the DNA code, if that's your desire. Look to God. For some of you in business, or for you that are actually in commerce, you're looking for how to move or cost global transaction to be smooth and easy and seamless or whatever it is that God has placed in your heart and you're looking to raise children in the fear of God in remote cities where there's no light, there's no water whatever that dream is whatever it is, there comes a time when you have to embrace and the embrace is the place where you make the sacrifice Jesus Christ made, and that's why I said all that to say is that when Jesus Christ got to the garden just before he got to the garden, he was praying. And he was praying in the garden before he was captured. Bible said that his tears were like drops of blood. By faith, you must see a future in the present. Have you seen someone who's sick? They see healing while they're yet sick. It's a step of faith. They receive the promise. They what? They see the promise. That's why you meditate on the word of God. To see. And then you embrace. And that's when it, you stay with it until the confession manifests. Folks, God has called us for a season and for a time. To change not just our community our families, our societies, our cities, our nation, and our generation. It's called us for this moment to make an impact. You, when you catch what God has prepared you for, that it will sit within your soul. Like you will see it. 
that you will now embrace it. Because when you embrace it, that's when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And then you will not fear any evil. Now, this year is a year of power, love, and sound mind. But to get into that, you must first banish fear. Because the desire of fear is to knock out your eyes. Every time you are at an intersection where there's faith, there's fear. So, faith is not the absence of fear. It is rather the choice made in spite of fear. I'll say it again. Faith is not that every time God tells you to do something, there's an opportunity for you not to do it. Every time. And I can share that from personal testimony. I know when God told me it was time for me to quit my corporate job. I can tell you right now, all of fear hits me from hell. I said, God, whew, how will this be? And that's my story. But God, but I can tell you that all I knew to do, I remember I was in the parking lot, packed. January actually is, is going to be close to a year now. January is, just before Martin Luther King, I was packed in the parking deck about 9.15. I was as scared as can be. I just got to the office. I called my mentors <laughs> outside the country. I said, I sense God is saying do this. I said, please tell me I'm crazy or tell me to go ahead. I've been sharing. That's why you need a mentor. That's why you need people, a pastor. I have a pastor who I talk to. Because you need people who have gone ahead of you to show you things. Right? If you're looking to get married, by July, we'll be crossing to our 15th year anniversary. And I've just begun. I'm still working on some raps. I'm still working on some trips. I'm gonna t- it's true. You know, when you, <laughs> when you choose monogamy, there is no alternative. There is none. Let me tell you right now, there is none. So you've got to make that one walk and enjoy it till what? Dead. Guys, listen. There is no plan B. <laughs> there is none allowed by scripture. So when you move there and you say, this is the one I want to marry, that's it. All you have to do now is ignore the rest and face the one. Every dream has a component where you have to embrace it. I said, Pastor, I said that story. I called my mentor. My mentor said, okay, I sense this time. It is well. <laughs> it, it is well. It does not mean I'm not, I've not faced adversity. Every plan I had, this will work, this will work, this will work, all of it somewhat turned upside down. But it's not that God hasn't said. It is just that you must be tested for the dream. Because Two years ago, a good friend of mine told me this in London when I went to minister. I said, part-time pastors will get only part-time ministry. I hated him for saying that. <laughs> I hated him for saying that, but I knew he was speaking. He didn't even know what he said. He just said it. And look, there's no way. Many of you will call me at work. I'll say, okay, I'll call you back at 5 p.m. or 6.30 it, it became people were calling me from London. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how you know it's you know <laughs> how you know it's time. People were calling me during conference calls with my different bosses from London for counseling. I was the one that started relationship matters. People were now lining up and say, Pastor, I have this question. I have this prayer. I have. I say, Whoa! I'll call you at six. If I call them back at six, it's already midnight in London. And God said, Well, 
it is time. That's about a year and a half or so ago. I knew. And I'm sharing all this with you because some of you will, will choose a path. A path to be righteous. A path to pray. A path to fast. A path to be consistent with your giving. That's when that TV that you've been praying and trusting God for will come to half price. Meanwhile, there is a, 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 a fundraising activity to get us uh, uh, our camera so that we can live stream, right? Say, Pastor, that's, uh, that pledge, by God's grace, I'll take care of it in March because you've seen that deal in Costco that you have to hit as soon as you leave church. <laughs> Let me tell you, embrace the dream. Remember the comparison between Potiphar's wife and the, the daughter of Pharaoh. When you embrace the dream and you hold on to the dream, even when everything does not look right, doesn't make sense, there will be a confession. Christ cried. And what happened? Blood dropped from his eyes. But when he was done praying, he said, nevertheless, and I want all of you to say, nevertheless. Nevertheless. In other words, I have an alternative, but I'm going to choose this one. He could have said no. Right? He could have said no. He had choice. God gave man choice. He could have said no. But he chose God's will. So faith, once again, is not the absence of fair or alternative options. It is the firm, resolute decision to work with God in spite of. There is a great future ahead for all of you. There was one man, I've shared this story often, Esau. Bible says that he f- could not see the future. That's what, you know what he said? He said, I'm, going, I'm hungry. Who, who is hungry and dies in his own father's house? Esau had servants that could have made him food, but he walked in oh, I'm too tired, I'm hungry. And then that corny Jacob was right by the door with a beautiful Asian meal, just ready to be consumed. He said, what's my, what's, this is what he said, what's my future compared to my present? And you know what he did? I don't care about this. I'm going to enjoy myself now. This DJ is playing my song. I'm going to dance till I crash. Right? And in that dancing, before you know it, things happen, your will, your emotion, everything is gone. My point in all of this is that <laughs> don't be like Esau. Hebrews wonder and say, you know what? Don't be profane like Esau, who for a piece of, uh, a slice of pizza, offered his future. I pray, and this is serious business, because fear, you know what fear does? Fear makes you mortgage your future for the present. That's what he does. Oh, uh, 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 I'm afraid. And then you stay with him. And then the devil knocks you and boxes you in. But those that live and want to please God must live and live and move by faith. And I pray for all of you that that will be your portion in Jesus' mighty name. These big dreams, then your heart. Ask my children right now, what do you want to become? Great dreams. Great dreams. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. And because they see me write a lot, I want to be an author. <laughs> I said, it's not easy, yo. You love me coming and sharing and all of that and showing my book. It takes time. 
takes effort. The days you don't have inspiration, you go find inspiration. The dream that is in your heart will challenge you. The dream that God has placed in your heart will provoke you. But there's one thing I actually must say as, as I wind down before we go into taking the communion so that we can reactivate what I call all the giftings and the ability of God within us for what is ahead. Amen? There comes a point in time when the world, the culture, your environment, your parents, what you face, what you see, will attack your dream. And then you realize, you know what happens after that? You, your dream drops in its intensity or, is in its, or in its scope. Then you become cognizant of what people might think about your dream. I hope I'm not trying to show off. I'm not kids, ask any of these kids. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a doctor. They don't care what you think. They want to be. But they come to a point in time, it's called the age of accountability. That's when the knowledge of sin is introduced. About 9, 10. They know what is right. They know what is wrong. They know, understand consequences. And at that junction, they begin to fit their dream to what I call the world standard. But the Bible says something about the world. It says, do not be what? Conformed. Do not be bent in the message version. Says, Don't be bent or molded into the world's shape, frame for your life. It says, but be renewed or be transformed, right? By the renewing of your mind. So you can do what? That you might be able to what? Prove what? What is that good and perfect will of God? Your dream was designed not to be against you. It was designed for you to prove. Have you ever said, I'm going to prove to you that this is right? Your dream was designed to make a show for the world. That's why the Bible says in Isaiah 60, Arise, shine, for your light has come. That's what your dream is. Right? Bad boss, terrible employees, will come. Their intent is to conform you to the world. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. In 2012, you will reach levels in terms of sphere of influence, scope that your mind never thought was possible. You will write on our blog, for example. People will read and comment from across the world. And I'm encouraging some of you to come write for the blog. And you wonder, oh my God, so I can write here in Chicago and someone in Australia is blessed. God will extend you beyond your four walls. Technology is giving us the opportunity. We must maximize the opportunity to God's glory. You will sing. And then someone will be looking for you like Justin Bieber. He, he sang, was on YouTube, and he was found. Your dream will be found. There are some people, just like Pharaoh dreamed, there are some people that must dream some dreams so that you will walk and fit in to what God has prepared for you. Potiphar could not sleep. Genesis chapter 41. Joseph was born. Potiphar and then... So Joseph knew the purpose of God. Potiphar had to dream to pick him up and take him to the next level. Some people will start dreaming tonight. It might be in Africa. It might be in Asia. It might be in Malaysia. It might be in uh, uh, Europe. It might be wherever. America. It might be in D.C. Some people will be dreaming and say, you know, we need a candid voice to speak to the issue or the dilemma in Africa. Where's, uh, where's Dr. Ofego? Please. Get his phone number. That's why you know that your Facebook profile doesn't have to be some cryptic uh, tool where you don't allow anybody to... 
people know who you are. They will find you and then they'll call you like, whoa, how did you get my number? That is, that's not the thing to say. You say, well, I'm, I am ready to help you. Amen? That will be your confession in Jesus' mighty name. Well, every dream starts with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because there are many dreams. But the dream of God starts with Jesus. I must give us all an opportunity to reconnect with him who is our source of life. If perhaps you're in a situation where life has just been, it's just a mirage. You're, just, you're, just go, you're going through the motion. I ask that you give Christ a chance to connect the dots for you. Help you, help you make sense of this madness seemingly called life. I want to pray for everyone. Perhaps things, the line has just been broken. The communication line between you and God is out of whack. I'm saying, Pastor, just agree with me. Let's pray concerning my life. I just want you to lift up your hand. Let's pray. See a hand. See another hand. Eyes closed. Head bowed. See your hand. Just keep them up. Eyes closed. Head bowed. This is so important because this year you cannot do what God has called you to do when you are out of sync with your maker. Christ came for us. And literally for some of you, this is giving your life to God. This is saying, in essence, Father, have your way with my life. And I just want you to know that when you trust God with your life, he will take it and use it for his glory. We're going to pray. See your hands. We're going to pray. Eyes closed, head bowed. One of the key things that we need to know is that Christ is indeed the epitome. Is the Bible declares he is God personified. And I'm just going to pray for vision to be restored. Because that's what sin does. It knocks out your light. The light of your soul, the light of your eyes. I'm just going to pray together. And God, as we pray, he will cause a divine change from within. Your allegiance to the enemy would switch over to your an allegiance with God. But you've got to give it time. Like a little baby, you have to let it grow. Step by step by step. And I'll guide you and walk you through the process. So help me, God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your children. If you will have your hand up, please let it be clear. Eyes closed, let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for everyone, everyone with their hands lifted up. Lord Almighty, they're making a public, bold declaration, switching camps from the enemy. They're switching over from the self-controlled environment to a God-controlled environment. Father, I've shared your word as you've given it to me with simplicity, with power, and I ask, Lord, that the switch begin even now in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, the switch from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. That the affinity for the kingdom of darkness, Lord, will switch to an affinity for the kingdom of God. I pray for your people, the Lord Almighty, each soul, will have an encounter with you that will be beyond human argument in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, for a restoration from within. 
I ask, Lord, that the blood that was shed on the cross for every one of us, Lord, will speak on their behalf even now. And it will speak of healing, restoration, revival, reconnection with you, O God, in the mighty name of Jesus. I serve notice in the heavenlies that this are the Lord's. The devil does not have any portion in their lives, doesn't have any plan in their life, and will not reign or control their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we honor and bless your holy name, O God, because you will do it to the praise and to the glory of your holy name. Everyone with their hand lifted up, just put it in your heart and just say, Father, I turn over my heart to you. I accept you, Jesus, as my personal Lord and Savior. I accept you as my master. I accept you as my mentor, my guide, my all, my Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, O God, for restoration brings joy, gladness, and laughter in the heavenlies. We thank you, O God, for the dream that you've birthed in the hearts of your people. This dream, Lord, will grow. These dreams, Lord, will grow. Every attempt by the enemy to steal, to kill, or to destroy anyone or their dream. Father, I declare such attempts are negated in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I declare that you alone will be glorified. You alone will be honored in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we've prayed. Praise the Lord.